Hello and welcome back, everybody. Wonderful good morning. This is SF Live episode 123. My name is Kai Hoffman. I'm the CEO of the SOAR Financial Group. And in a few short seconds, I'll be joined by Rob Keynes. He's the founder, editor, publisher of goldsilverpros.com. I'm extremely excited to have him on. He's a really intelligent guy, really smart. And when it comes to predicting gold and looking at silver trends as well, his uh, YouTube channel is blowing up. He's got over 15,000 subscribers following him there. Uh, I just watched his silver video this morning with over 22,000 views. Really, really good content. Go check it out, and he'll he'll give you more info about himself in a second. But before we switch over to, to, to Rob, make sure to follow us here on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter as well. Hit the like and subscribe button, and also hit the alert and notification button. That way you get notified when we go live with another update. And uh, since this is an interactive format, make sure to use hashtag AskGold or use the YouTube chat function to get your questions in for Rob, and we'll make sure to get those answered during our conversation with him. Now, that being said and out of the way, let me switch over to Mr. Rob Keynes. Rob, wonderful good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me on my show. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's uh, I'm in love with your video quality. I think I said that like three times before we even started recording here. So uh, I always like when somebody puts in a bit of an effort and you're ultra high res. I'm in, I'm in love. So... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, let's dive in, though. To tell us a bit more about yourself before we dive into gold and silver specifics. Uh, who's Rob Keynes? What is goldsilverpros.com? Okay. So I started writing on the resource markets about 12 years ago. I wrote a book called uh, Drop Shadow the Truth About the Economy. And I uh, wrote, of course, about economics, finance, uh, gold, and silver. You can see me mostly on Seeking Alpha, Talk Markets, uh, was syndicated across a lot of the financial news sites. Decided to change uh, formats a little bit or focus more on the video format. So we started goldsilverpros.com in 2018. We have a newsletter there for uh, people who are interested in subscribing to that. And we're doing a lot more video nowadays. So as you mentioned, uh, we do have a big YouTube channel where uh, we're growing in popularity. And I, I believe that we can reach more people through the video format than the writing format, though we continue to still do both. We do focus on uh, gold and silver, but we do talk a lot about the economy as well because we're rooted in Austrian economics and economic concepts. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you, you, you've been doing for how long? And like you, for, for quite a while, I think, right? I read 18 years somewhere. Is that correct? Yeah, we've been doing it for quite a while. Um, the video format, probably for about the last year or so, but but writing-wise, yeah, well over a decade. Yeah, it's pheno phenomenal. And I really like your YouTube channel because you also talk about topics that are not mainstream. And I'm thinking more of Basel III, and I'm not talking conspiracy theories, but uh, like Basel III and how, how they're affecting the gold deliverables and all that. I thought that was a super interesting video as well that you put out about a week ago, I think. So go, go check out Rob's YouTube channel. It's fantastic. And um, let's talk about gold silver, though. And you're the gold silver pro mm -hmm. and uh i'm going into this now like into our conversation as well i'm starting to get frustrated okay like i'm a mm -hmm. gold silver investor like most of my portfolios in the mining stocks and junior exploration space especially today's like i don't even dare looking at my watch list this morning or at my list portfolio this morning it's mm -hmm. it's a bloodbath right it's not pretty yeah. are we being masochistic just staying in gold silver like are we, are we fools should we do just something completely different um, I don't think so. I think if you're in gold and silver, you're what I call a long-term investor or a cycle investor, or at least you should be, because the primary purpose of gold is to serve as an inflation hedge or a crisis hedge in the system. It's not really as much a speculation unless you want to get into the mining stocks, and we, we can talk about that. But pure gold in its essence is really money. It's been money for about 5,000 years. It tends to track inflation very well. It tends to hold value very well. If you look at a gold chart since 2000, 
It has beaten the pants off of the major stock market indices, including the Wilshire with uh, reinvested dividends. So it has returned more than the stock market. That's because I believe it's reflecting uh, inflation, not only current inflation, but uh, expected future inflation. Silver, on the other hand, is a little bit of a different animal. It used to be money for about 6,000 years, um, going back to ancient Egypt and, and a lot of those societies. In fact, gold and silver are codified in the U.S. Constitution as money. Silver, however, has become so important in our industry and in, in the technology society that the industrial demand has really skyrocketed. And we've been running these deficits for the last four or five years in terms of what we produce every year and what we're able to use every year. So silver is not as much money as it is an industrial metal. And so it tends to ebb and flow uh, more with the futures markets on anticipated uh, demand for the metal. I know both metals have recently suffered a pullback. We had highs, uh, all-time highs in gold. I think it was around 2060, 2070 there in about mid the middle of last year. And then it's come down, and that's normal. Uh, gold usually will go up, and then it has a pullback, much like the stock market. So what we're seeing right now is a pullback into the, the low 1800 range, which is not unexpected uh, for that to happen. We usually will have these type of 10 or 15% corrections before we resume a bull market. Silver, actually, the chart has held up a little bit better than gold. Uh, it stayed in about the mid-26s. It uh, didn't pierce to the downside as 200-day moving average, so it stayed pretty much in its bullish formation. And I think in silver, we're really in a consolidation phase. And I'm really waiting for, as we re-ramp up the economies in 2021 and the, and the governments try to reflate the economies, for more demand for silver to continue to drive up the price. Yeah. And uh, maybe stay on silver for a second here. And uh, it, it's an mm -hmm. interesting debate, right? Is it a precious metal? Is it an industrial metal? What, what side do you mm -hmm. fall on? I think it's both. I think historically, if you look back, silver really was the first money even before gold. It's, it's mentioned in ancient texts. And depending upon where you found silver in the world, it was the primary money. I know Rome uh, paid their soldiers with silver coin. And when they ran out of silver, they had debased their silver currency. Uh, the soldiers no longer wanted to, to fight. So uh, it, it has tremendous value that way. And it has tremendous industrial demand. Uh, there was a chart by um, SRS Rocco uh, put out recently, which indicated that Silver Eagle sales in, in January of uh, 2021, this month, and we, we also did a video on this recently, uh, Silver Eagle sales are setting like all-time highs for January. I think it was, was like 3.8 yeah, million. I saw that in your video this morning. So I thought it was an extremely high number. Right. And yeah, it's an extremely high number. And people, especially in the United States, are demanding silver for investment purposes. Of course, we see silver and jewelry and all those other applications. But still, the predominant use is in the economy. It's used in medical applications because it's antimicrobial. It's used in uh, telecommunications. So with the rollout of 5G networks and it's used in the space economy. I mean, uh, the U.S. recently announced a space force because they're going to expanding uh, the reach out into space along with India, Russia, China. And there's a space race going on right now. And you absolutely cannot have that space race and that type of technology without silver. Yeah. And, and as we just said, like silver had a massive demand on the bullion side or coin side, investment side, but the silver price mm -hmm. didn't move. Or is that just a reason why it held up so well? Like, where do we see well, that reflect, it, right? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons it held up so well. But to, when we talk about the prices, there's a little bit of a disconnect between the physical and the paper market. The paper market, and I don't mean this uh, in a derogatory way, but there is a paper market that sits on top of physical, and that is traded on the COMEX futures market. So a lot of the bidding, much like oil or the prices of wheat or these other commodities, the futures market often determines the current price that you pay for something. So 
the futures market is a way to kind of smooth out the prices in these commodities for the people that produce and use them to, to have a normally functioning market. But it also at times can tamp down uh, the effect that we're seeing in the physical market. So a lot of times the physical demand will lead the futures markets and then the futures catches up. So I think the increases we're seeing in the demand for both uh, gold as a monetary hedge, especially by the central banks, which have been accumulating, and silver as an industrial metal, and as we get increased investment demand, uh, will push prices up in 2021. We're just not seeing it in the futures markets yet. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about the price of gold. We've seen a lot of news, like macroeconomic events, and it, it feels like we've seen the, the same reasons for gold, why gold should be higher for the last 10 years. Yes, we are at 18, yes. 1850 now, but now people are calling for 2300 $2,400, $3,000 gold, depending on who you ask, right? Um, yes. A lot has happened. We have a new president in the White House, or you have a new president in the White House. I'm in Canada, so it's your president, right? And um, lots of other events. Like I, I referenced uh, the, the, uh, an aircraft carrier pulling into the South China Sea right now and, and, and stuff like that happening, but gold is not moving, right? Are, are we too greedy asking for a higher gold price? Should we be happy? Like, Where do you see things trending and factoring it all in? Yeah, I'll go back to my earlier comments. I think gold's in a consolidation phase. Uh, people have been watching my channel uh, since the summer. I've been documenting a cup and handle pattern dating back to 2011. So as your viewers may note, in 2011, we had the previous all-time high in gold. I think it touched right over $1,900. And that was in response to the previous financial crisis. So if you look at that financial crisis, which occurred in 2008, 2009, had to do with Lehman and, and the mortgage industry and liquidity in the system. And as it turns out, the repo market, um, all of that affected gold, but it took gold a couple of years to reach its height. It took time for people to absorb the fact that they, they wanted an inflation hedge and a crisis hedge, and they eventually moved into gold and it bit up the price in 2011, well after the, the financial crisis had occurred. Um, so, so gold does tend to react, but it tends to react over time. And again, gold is a very long-term asset. It's a very long-term. So we do, we do see renewed inflation inspect expectations in 2021 as governments reflect the economy, but I expect gold's going to lag that just a little bit. Uh, but gold will serve as a crisis hedge, as an inflation hedge, as it always has done. It just needs to consolidate right now. And, and again, this is normal. It needs to come down maybe into the high 1700s, low 1800s, sit there for a bit. And then when those inflation catalysts start coming and we start to see the more, more of the debt printed as they, as the world economy start to reflect, they're going to have to print more money and issue more debt to do that. Yeah. And as it begins to happen, I think you'll see more people pile into the gold trade. But I wanted to reiterate, this is from a futures perspective. This is from a perspective of what people think is going to happen in three or four months on the COMEX. The physical market is very, very strong right now. The amount of gold delivered on the COMEX in 2020 was an all-time high. We had more gold deliveries in COMEX in 2020 than we've ever had, uh, at least any of the data that I've seen. We've also had a lot of delivery come through the London OTC markets as well. So we are seeing very, very strong physical demand for gold. It's really the derivative position, the futures position uh, we're expecting to catch back up. And that has to do with positioning of the different interests, the bullion banks and the managed money. That is interesting. So GLD is actually seeing inflows and uh, the physical. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay, because we haven't heard that perspective yet. Everybody says like, oh, gold and ETFs are losing and... Uh, uh, Drawback or draw, what's it called? Withdrawals from accounts, pretty much, right? So it, it's yeah. it's an interesting perspective to have there. And with gold as silver, and with Biden now in the White House as a gold silver mm -hmm. pro, are you allowing yourself to look left and right? Are you looking at other stuff as well? Are you looking at copper, base metals, let's say battery metals? And Biden just announced he wants to buy six hundred fifty thousand EVs for the government. Like, are you looking at yes. that stuff? 
Yes, I am. So I want to put a note on GLD real quick. GLD is sort of a proxy for investors that invest in the stock market, the paper markets for gold that don't actually want to hold gold. I, I would say that holding physical gold has more benefit price-wise long-term than the GLD. In terms of looking at other things, yes, I think we it looks like finally, maybe after 10 years of waiting, we may be about to enter a bull in the uranium market. Uh, I know that people, I mean, the price has certainly come up from its low in, in, in the low 20s, and we're starting to see some positive momentum there. A lot of what will happen in the uranium market will depend upon Europe and Japan. Are they going to continue to spin up uh, their nuclear facilities? I believe so, because I don't believe they're going to find a replacement for uranium energy. I don't think the, the renewables are going to have enough there to provide the energy that we need. So I think we're seeing a slow burn rise in the uranium price. From a copper and zinc perspective, a copper hit a seven-year uh, high uh, just this previous year, and I think it's, it's stayed there in the mid-threes. So there's an incredible demand for copper, especially coming from India and Asia, and that has caused uh, the copper futures really to rise in price. Zinc as well. Zinc is the fourth use, most used metal on the planet. It's used for galvanizing. It's used for a, lo a lot of things in the economy, and it's in a major bull market right now. And the out I did a video on this recently. The outlook for both copper and zinc, according to analysts, is pretty much universally bullish for 2021. So the way I would play that space is actually look for miners that have some uh, fairly sizable resources and maybe going into production in the near term future, that would be a good way to play those markets. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I, I just wrote down, got to ask you, like, how are you positioned in this market right now? Right. And you sort of hinted at what, what you're looking at right now as well. Like, give us a little more guidance. How, how are you playing the current scenario? How are you playing the bottom in phase in gold? Are you looking at shorting GameStop or going long GameStop or just as an mm -hmm. alternative? Right. I got to throw that in there because that's been in my Twitter feed sure. all, all week, pretty much. But how, how are you playing the current scenario? So I've gotten to the point at this uh, part of my life after being a rampant speculator for years. I used to day trade uh, currencies, for example. If you want to, if you want to market on steroids, where you have to watch one-minute candles, uh, day trading uh, leverage currency market is a way to go. When I was younger, I used to do that. Now that I'm a little bit older, I really focus on longer-term investments. So I'm staying out of high beta assets. So I'm going to disappoint a lot of people and say I do not invest in Bitcoin because it's one of the highest beta assets out there. The market fluctuate fluctuations make silver look tame in comparison. Same thing with GameStop. I tend to stay away from those type of investments. It's extreme uh, extreme example gold, with GameStop, right? And AMC, I think this yes. morning as well, like, was it the meme stocks now? So yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, I tend to stay away from that. I tend to stay away from things I think are in bubbles, even if they could stay in bubbles for a while. So the Teslas of the world and some of the technology companies uh, I pulled out of, I sold all of, all of those type of investments in 2018. Now I'm way ahead of the curve. We haven't reached the end of the, the stock market bubble in those types of stocks. But that's okay. I'm I'm taking this time to position. Uh, so right now, uh, I own a lot of farmland because farmland is the ultra long-term investment. And this is physical farmland. You can actually get act, you can get exposure to farmland through various ETFs as well, if you wish, if you don't wish to hold it physically. That's an extremely long-term bullish investment because they don't make any more of it. Uh, you can pull additional gold out of the ground, but you ground but you can't make additional farmland the second thing is long-term gold so i do do physical storage i have some super safe facilities that i invest in and i have an affiliation with glint out of the uk in which you can store gold and, and uh, redeem it with a credit card uh, so uh, so we do that as well uh, then i have some speculative investments my speculative investments are in silver exposure through physical silver and then exposure through the miners uh, both silver and gold so uh, we do invest in the gold and silver miners I do a subscription service on my website where we track. I think right now we're tracking about 30. And so I do share with people what I invest there. 
And then in terms of other speculative investments, I'm really sitting in cash right now. I really want to see what happens with the Biden administration and the spending and the inflation and see where that goes before I jump into, say, say like a broad market index fund, the S&P or, or something along those lines. I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines right now to see what happens in 2021. Okay, I got a couple follow-up questions through that, actually. So, so how much cash do you have percentage-wise, actually? Like, how much are you holding? I would say cash, I'm about 25%. Okay. I would say yep. probably about 50 to 60% gold, silver, farmland, and the rest mining stocks. Okay. But I'm waiting right now. I'm waiting for certain opportunities in the mining stocks and I'm waiting for certain opportunities in real estate. I think we're in a bit of a real estate bubble right now. I just did a video on this where the Case-Shiller index is is up 9% in January of this, this year alone. I think we're hitting uh, the upper ends of that bubble. So I'm gonna wait for real estate to go through its bubble and come back down and then I'll take that cash and deploy it out into real estate. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And just, just this morning, I think I saw again on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot on Twitter lately, that uh, Vancouver mm -hmm. is now selling houses sight unseen just because there's so much demand. It's it's insane. Yes, and especially from the Chinese market. China loves Vancouver, I hear. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Sight unseen. Like in a, you, yes. you wouldn't believe what kind of houses go for $2 million. It's unbelievable. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned mining stocks and or miners. So like, I just want to clarify that term that you're using. Is that all, Does that include exploration or is it really production companies, developers? Like, how do you define that term? Like, because there are also different risk packages, right? So. Yeah, so I know you cover the mining stock sector quite a bit. In fact, your Orin Inc. service has great information, by the way, and I, I want to applaud that in uh, the junior miner resource space, and I use it every day. So thank you for uh, putting that together for us. But yes, I do invest in juniors, exploration companies, and producers, and they're, they're really different buckets. So explorers, I separate explorers and juniors. Some people put them together. I don't. Explorers, they're looking for resource. Juniors have resource and they're producing on smaller scale and then you have the majors. I tend to focus on two areas. One is near term developers in gold and silver. That's where they've developed a resource like a silver crest, for example, in which they've made a mine decision. They're going to build the mine. That is a sweet spot on the Lausanne curve for investing uh, in a gold or silver company. Another name for you there is Mag Silver uh, MAG is their ticker. On the exploration side, we're going to have a gold cliff coming up in 2030 and proven probable reserves. We need exploration companies to find more gold or we're going to run out of it. So I think gold exploration companies right now are the next frontier in the mine investment, mining investment space. But you have to be careful because they're not all created equal. You want to look for exploration companies first that have really good management. That's the most uh, important thing. Say, for example, take the Lundin family, which is really successful in their, their gold exploration and their development projects. You want to look for really great jurisdictions, tier one jurisdictions like Canada, U.S., Australia, and those type. Stay out of the, uh, the so-called AK-47 districts. And then you want to look for good projects. The project has to be of good quality. So they have to have done some uh, surveying, some drilling, had some really positive news there. So you've got your hands on something. Uh, I believe that's the next frontier. It's a little bit more speculative, but we're going to need to support those guys if we want to get more gold and silver going forward. Yeah, let's let's quickly before we we, we wrap this up here. I just want to see, like you, you mentioned, we're in a bit of a bottoming phase, and you're waiting for some triggers. What could be potential mm -hmm. catalysts for our market? You mentioned inflation. Uh, a new term that has popped up for me the last four weeks is reflation. You know, it's like we keep yes. coming up with these new words just to define whatever we're doing is the right thing, right? Um, but what are potential catalysts like black swan predicting black swans is impossible but what could be something in your mind could actually set off a gold rally and then subsequently a mining stock rally so i think the thing that's really going to set off gold is a bank failure it's going to be a deutsche bank or something along those lines that's the black swan you're talking about of course predicting that's nearly impossible 
So more near-term catalysts, I think, are going to be inflation and negative interest rates. Last year, I think we got up to like 16 or 17 trillion in negative interest rate debt across the world. The U.S. has not quite gone there yet in terms of uh, nominal interest rates, but they are there in terms of real interest rates. If you take um, interest rates minus inflation or the CPI index, the U.S. is actually negative interest rate territory. <clears throat> if the yields on the 10-year bond, for example, start going negative, they are from a real Per, uh, percentage point, but if they do from a nominal percentage point, then I think you'll see an explosion in the gold price. Uh, on the other hand, if you see an inflate, uh, uh, mass inflation in consumer uh, products, like we're talking about shipping delays from China to the U.S., for example, if that starts to bid up the prices and we start to see six, seven, eight percent inflation in real consumer goods, I think that will also be a big catalyst for the gold trade. And I think gold will go up first, physical gold will go up, and then you'll see the miners start to catch that as well. Okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm fully there with you. I'm just waiting for something to happen. Like, we've, we've been right for a little bit last year, right? But then it sort yes. of faded away and like, eh, that was the end of our conversation. And uh, that's why I was like, I'm feeling a bit frustrated. Like, although we're at 1850 gold, I don't know why I'm frustrated. Like, it's just meh. That, right? that's, that's actually a really great gold price. And again, I... I think we're consolidation. I, I, I don't see any reason to, to think that we're not still in the gold bull market. So this is actually a great place to buy gold. Buy gold now where it's a little cheaper. The next set of catalysts will come up. Gold will go back up. But I think this time it's going to trade in the $22, range. Yeah. Um, range. Sort of wrap this up here. You're, you're running an event this week and later this week as well, like Solutions 2021. Mm -hmm. Give us a, get an idea of what you're planning there and what kind of message are you trying to, to give the investors participating? So this is our second virtual conference. This is a follow-up to the August uh, Money Metal Summit. This one's a little bit more intimate. It's a single day. It's actually Thursday, January 28th, I believe is tomorrow. It's free registration. You can go to my website and find that information or go to our YouTube channel uh, and, and register for free. It will be an all live event. We're gonna have a lot of people coming to talk to precious metals. We're gonna have uh, Fernando Aguirre, who survived the Argentina currency crisis, giving us his perspective on what to do when we have currency weakness. Right now we have a weakness in the dollar. We have people predicting Biden will be a weak dollar presidency. So that will be good information for people. We'll have Jerry Huang, <clears throat> excuse me, a CFO of Impact Silver and Principal Gemini Capital talking about the mining stocks. And we're gonna have an after hour session where we get together for two years and just chat with people. We'll get to meet people, uh, hear their stories. They can ask questions in a format much like this where we'll go back and forth and we can do a Q&A session. So, I'm really excited for it. It's free for everybody to to attend. So please uh, sign up for it if you're interested. And we'd love to see you there. Yeah. Where, where, where did we sign up, Rob? So you go to hoppin.com uh, forward slash events forward slash solutions dash 2021. Fantastic. And it's free. So everybody make, make use of that. Right. And lots of lots of good intel. Go visit Rob's uh, YouTube channel as well. Fantastic videos on there. Uh, we didn't get into Basel three. That's way out of my 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 depth. Like, I don't feel comfortable talking about stuff I don't know anything about, but uh, that's a great video. Like, I learned a lot. I still don't know anything about Basel III, so, um, but go check it out. It's been fantastic news. Follow the channel, subscribe to it. And Rob, really appreciate you coming on. It was great having to, uh, chatting with you this morning. It's been long overdue. I'm not sure why we haven't done this sooner. And uh, yeah, th thanks for joining us this morning. A pleasure. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, everybody else, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. This was SF Live episode 123 with Rob Keynes, founder, publisher, editor of goldsilverpros.com. And to make sure to follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, hit the like and subscribe button. Don't forget to smash the, uh, the alert button as well. That way you get notified when we go live with another update. And to, by the way, me dancing around, I think my audio cable broke. So I apologize for dancing around during the interview, looking for stuff to fix it. So keep that in mind. And uh, we'll be back very soon with another update. And
yeah, stay safe.